Hey everybody, welcome to the Big Podcast. Your host James with Jake. Episode two hundred seven. It's Thursday, Jake. How's it going? It's going great. Um, what's not going great is it's now forty-one nothing Raiders in the first half. But other than that, you know, I'm alive, doing well, able to breathe the air. Giants signed someone. I'm happy about that. Not happy about what the Dodgers have done. So it's a mix of emotions. But you know, we're here. We're kicking it. It's year, year, week. 15 in the NFL season. Lots to talk about. Lots of basketball, too. But you won't spend, spend too much time on basketball because that sport's a dumpster fire. But I'm doing great. How about you? Doing good. Yeah, no, it's Thursday. Uh, you know, almost the weekend, like you always say. Uh, Friday, tomorrow. Saturday, full of football, which is crazy. Then Sunday. And we're back at it again. But. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about the best team in the Bay Area, and that is... Oh, the San Jose Sharks. <clears throat> Sorry. We're back. 9-17-3. You're wondering, how are you back when you're 9-17-3? Well, we're 6-2-2 two two in our last 10, and get this. Seven points out of the final wild card spot. From starting... 3 15 and 1 to 9 17 and 13. 10 games, 6 2 and 2. We're back. They've had, they had, uh, in like a week, they had a 4 0 comeback and a 4 1 comeback. I was in uh, Tahoe watching the game. It's on YouTube TV. So I was doing that. That was pretty cool watching that come by. Um, yeah, we don't need a tank anymore because we're going to win the Stanley Cup, um, obviously. Everyone's playing great. Uh, William Eklund is becoming a star in the NFL. In the NHL, um, he's been playing out of his mind the last couple of weeks. The seventh-round pick from 2020. Um, which, funny enough, I was also in Tahoe driving the Reno when they made that pick. And everyone's like, oh, my God, great pick, great pick. Turned out he looks like he's going to be a great pick. So I'm happy with that. Uh, and we're playing expi- expired. inspired hockey. And we're playing well. And absolutely, they're playing great. I mean, they had their woes, right, early in the season, uh, losing games 8 to nothing or 10 to nothing, 10 to 1, yeah, back-to-back games. Yeah, those were last seeing, like, stat lines to see. Uh, but now the fact that they're 9, 17, and 3, and like you mentioned, 6, 2, and 2 in the last thing, 10 games, it's pretty good. Uh, you love to see it, uh, hockey-wise. But, yeah, Sharks, uh, we'll see how they do going forward. Um, busy week uh, in the MLB. Uh, for you, I know especially for you, you it's always after the winter meetings, like you always mention, I usually get hyped. I mean, and we're almost at a time where there's just a lot of things going on that had a lot of things. So why don't we talk about the biggest thing that happened in the MLB uh, this week, Jake? Yeah, the biggest thing, well, we'll go to last week because, you know, we didn't have an episode after this happened. Um, Shohei Otani decided to be a little bitch and sign up the Dodgers because he wants to run away from the grind. Um, so, you know, fuck him forever. Um, but, yeah, he signs a 10-year, $700 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And get this. Get this fucking piece of shit. First 10 years. Well, wait a minute. So it's a 10-year deal or $700 million. But his little dumbass tried to gain the system. And it worked because he's getting paid $20 million over 10 years. Then $68 million per year from 2034 to 2043 when I'm going to be 38 years old. That's depressing. 
Um, he also has a dog uh, named in Japan named Dakopin, uh, which in America, which he gave his dog an American name, is Decoy. And in spite, inspired by this news, I'm getting a new dog inspired of Shohei Otani. Uh, I'm getting a dog that, and I'm going to call him 95 to the ribs because I will beam him every time if I was a pitcher. I could, so he never gets any at bats against the Giants because fuck him. Um, but yeah, so he's a piece of shit. Also, those pieces of shit traded for Tyler Glasnow and Manuel Margot, both mid, but with the Dodgers, they'll become Babe Ruth and um, Tim Lincecum because that's just what fucking happens there. Um, and they might sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto, which, and that happens. I will be upset. You'll be you'll love you'll, you will love yourself. I'll hug myself very hard. Yes. Yeah. So that's what the Dodgers did. Fuck them. Um, we'll get to we'll get to the Giants in a little bit because there's a some other moves that happened today. Jack Flaherty, who pitched for the Cardinals last year, was then traded to the Orioles. Uh, he signed with the Tigers for a one-year, fourteen million dollar deal. Um, kind of a lot of money for a guy who has been mediocre his career, uh, but this is what starting pitchers cost. Then uh, the Rangers signed Tyler Mall Mall to a two-year, twenty-two million dollar deal, eleven million per year. Uh, he's a okay pitcher. Uh, he's nothing to write home about. Um, but with the Rangers, you know they have Bruce Bochy and they have a Mike Murphy who's their pitching coach, who's like a pretty good p- pitching coach. Um, so they're going to see if they can make some magic out of him. Pause. Um, that's what they're going to do. Uh, now to Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who is the Japanese pitcher from, well, I mean, obviously, from Japan. Um, he's met with seven different teams, the Dodgers, Giants, <clears throat> Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, uh, Phillies today, and I think another team that I don't know. Um, as we have some breaking Warriors news, we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but yeah, so that's for that. Um, Yamamoto is a five ten. Um, he's not a flamethrower, but he doesn't throw like ninety. He throws like ninety three to ninety six, and has a like great like uh, off speed pitches. Uh, he's a, he's one of the best pitchers that ever come for Japan. Um, he's gonna get probably the biggest contract to a pitcher in MLB history, which. The biggest one right now is Garrett Cole, which is a nine-year, $324 million deal. Uh, they signed with the Yankees a couple years ago. Uh, they're playing for the yeah. Astros. Um, they think that this year, this contract for Yamamoto is going to be at least 10 years and probably going to be around $330 million, which you're saying, well, that's, that's really the biggest deal for a pitcher. Uh, per year, the biggest deal was like Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. Again, like $40 million for a year. Well, actually, no, it's. We'll just say this for now because Shohei's not pitching next season. Uh, but, you know, $70 million for Shohei basically is the biggest pitching deal. But since he's not pitching right now, it was Verlander and um, Scherzer. Uh, but since Cole signed for nine years, it's the longest deal in that sense. In this sense. Yamamoto is going to sign for more years. Maybe not as much money as him, um, but it's going to cost probably... Because there's a posting fee that we'll get into with the Giants here in a couple seconds that you have to pay like 25% of what you pay for the player to the team that posted him. 
So in this case, let's say, I don't know what team he played for, but let's say the Yumi, Yumi Yuri Giants, for example. Uh, they had a couple of players there. Um, formerly Lewis Brinson who played for the Giants last year, a couple years ago. Um, so let's say, for example, they signed Lewis Brinson to a 10-year, they won't never do this because Lewis Brinson sucks, but a 10-year, $100 million deal. They would have to pay $20 million to the team, the Yumi Yuri Giants, that they took him from. But in this case of Yamamoto, it's going to be probably... If he signs for a $300 million deal, they're going to have to pay 25% of that. And I think that's $75 million, if I'm not if I'm mistaken. I'm not sure. Um, so that total will be $375 million for a pitcher. That's a big deal. Ten years is a long time for him, but he's 25 years old, so he's worth the risk. Um, he's supposed to be one of the best pitchers, as I said, one of the best pitchers ever. He's supposed to project to be like a... Sonny Gray, who's a really good pitcher, you might think, Sonny Gray, look at his stats past couple years. He's always been in the top five in Cy Young candidacy. Uh, he's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, that's a big guy right there that hopefully the Giants can sign. It doesn't look like – it looks like it's unlikely. looks like he's going to go to the Dodgers or to an East Coast team uh, for that. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But he is a target for the Giants. And uh, speaking of the Giants, they signed Korean – Outfielder, center fielder from Korea, superstar in the KBO, the Korean baseball organization, Jung Ho Lee to a six-year deal worth $113 million. This is the long, this is the biggest free agent deal the Giants have ever given out to a position player. Um, not years, but money-wise. So it's six years, $113 million. The total cost, as I just talked about Yamamoto with the you know posting fee, will be $132 million. So the Giants will have to pay $19 million to the Kiwoom Heroes for the post to get him. And another fun fact about Jung-Ho Lee is that he had a 340 career average in Korea, which is 7th all-time. He walked more than he struck out in six straight seasons. He does not walk. He does not strike out at all. Very rarely does he strike out. He's really good bat the ball, you know, just getting the ball in play, which translates to the big, translates to America. A lot of issues with Korean uh, baseball, the Korean Baseball League to America, as you saw with uh, Padres player Ha Sung Kim, is that it takes them some time because they're not used to seeing the amount of velocity that's here. In Korea, the average fastball is about like 92, 93 miles per hour. Well, here it's a lot higher, a lot more 100 miles per hour that we see, so it might take them some time. But since he's an elite ball to bat guy, elite eye, they think it should translate a little bit faster to him into the big leagues um the best korean player i'm not sure if he played in the kbo but the best korean player in the past like 25 years has been Sh uh, shin su chu who was an all-star i think he won a batting title he was really good for a lot of time a lot of years um he was more home run guy this jung ho lee guy is not gonna hit a ton of home runs he might hit like eight to 12 home runs a season but he's gonna play elite defense probably gonna bat between 280 to 300 a lot of doubles. He's not the fastest, but he's not slow. He's like, out of a 1 to 10 scale, average would be 5. He's about a 7.5 to an 8 speed-wise. But he's an incredible defensive center fielder, one of the best in the world. Um, and it's a great deal because the Giants needed someone after missing out on Shohei Otani. Probably going to miss out on Yoshinobu Yamamoto as well. But getting the third best player, um, or like the 10th best player free agency-wise, Signed to the team when you, the Giants hardly ever get any position players signed to them is really good. So I'm happy about that. And his best friend, by the way, fun fact, is Ha Sung Kim, 
There's a lot of thought that he's going to go to the Padres, but the Giants said, "Nah, we need you." So here's 113 million dollars. Padres did not want to. Padres did not want to put uh, pay that much for him. Um, but Hassan Kim, as I just said, best friend, free agent after the season, played with Bob Melvin, had his best year under Bob Melvin. He's probably going to be a Giant next year, and that would be really good for the Giants because he's a really good player. He's young, 28 years old, a month older than me. I'm going to kill myself. And yeah, um, good move for the Jesus Giants. Christ. Good move for the Giants. Uh, what do you think? Do you have any? What, what questions do you have about Jung Ho Lee? Uh, I mean, um, is this who you really wanted? I mean, here's my thing: if he's like their, if he's their third best. Or like the third best player that they signed this offseason, major dub. I'm ecstatic about that. Because Shelly Otani was a pie-in-the-sky dream that I never thought would happen. But since they get this guy, let's say they get, you know, Blake Snell and Matt Cha- Matt Chapman to come with him, an elite offseason. You get an elite, one of the best defensive third baseman of all time and Matt Chapman. You get to move J.D. Davis to more of a, you know, backup role when he's going to be really good at first base. Good defensive player there. Blake Snell has two Cy Youngs, one of the first, one of the couple only pitchers to have a Cy Young in both leagues, AL and NL. So you have Blake Snell to go with. It's the biggest thing that if the Giants get Blake Snell, I think it'd be great for them. I think it's like like that. We've been preaching it for I don't know how many episodes now that with Bob Melvin going to the Giants, I think it's the the biggest no brainer move you do is sign. Like you just mentioned, uh, a two-time Cy Young award winner in Cy Young yeah. in that, to that pitching rotation, right? And I think that's like it's no great. I don't understand why uh, they wouldn't do it. Uh, why do you think it's been taking so long? Or obviously, okay, Otani signed, right? I think we've talked about this already too. Yeah, probably not podcast, but just between the two of us, uh, with Otani signing, do you think there'll be a lot more signings going on forward now? And uh, Batting-wise, uh, what's the hold-up on pitcher signing? I think the thing is is that once Shohei, Shohei signed, because it was like a just waiting game, because Shohei signs, there's a lot of teams interested. The Jays are interested. The Giants are interested. So once Shohei signed at the Dodgers, or once Shohei was like, deciding for a team, you wanted to wait to see what team he would go to, and then to see who could be available. So let's say, for example, Cody Bellinger. He's been linked with the Giants and the Blue Jays, but they were both interested in Shohei Otani. And if you sign Shohei Otani to a $700 million deal, it kind of takes you out of that running and kind of takes Bellinger out of that running as well for the, that team. So Bellinger didn't want to sign immediately. He wanted to wait until Otani signed to see what team would be desperate to pay him like $200 million, which is probably going to happen between the Blue Jays or Cubs. I doubt the Giants are interested in anymore because they paid Jung-Ho Lee. Um, and he doesn't... Re- his bat doesn't profile well to first base, um, especially in the San Francisco ballpark. Um, but I think he was just waiting for Otani to sign. Now with pitchers, the lower level pitchers they sign pretty much pretty quickly because you know there's you know not the high of the high elite. Not a lot of players, not a lot of teams are like pining to have him like Jack, Jack Flaherty who signed with the Tigers. But with Yamamoto, there's like ten teams, there's like seven teams interested in him. So you want to wait to see where he signs 
if you're Blake Snell, to see what team, okay, which team is desperate enough to give me a big money deal. Because there's some issues with Blake Snell. He doesn't go deep in the games. He has a his his percentage of runners left on base is abnormally high. It's like 87% that he when that runners are left on base that don't score. That's really high. Um, so there's some balls. That's that's one thing I know. Uh, uh, Irwin has mentioned to me a lot is that he does get a lot of he gets he he does a lot of balls. He gets people on bases. Um, but he does indeed get a lot of strikeouts, though. Yeah, he walks a ton of guys. But I can live yes. with that if you're striking out a bunch of people and not giving up runs. Right. The issue is right. is that there's going to be a regression to the mean, which for him, if you look at his stats, his best seasons have been when he's won the Cy Young. His other seasons have been as good. Um, he's had a lot of threes, a couple four ERA seasons. But if you get into a pitcher, the Giants have the best pitcher's park in the whole entire in all baseball, it's you can't deny it. It's where play, pitchers that go there instantly give out, lose an ear like a run from their ERA because it's just it's tough to hit there. That's why the Giants have a at one of the most difficult times to ever sign any goddamn p- batter worth the shit. Because why would you go there if I can go to the Rockies and play in Colorado, or why would I go there if I could sign with the Reds? Um, right. Right. Especially on a short-term deal when you want to build your value up. The last place you want to go to is San Francisco, where you might hit, like, at other stages, you might hit, like, thirty, like 25 home runs. There, you're going to hit, like, 10, because I just how oh, the marine layer, all that shit goes um, for yeah. that. But with pitching, it's they get a bunch of pitchers that that come, up, come there, like Alex Cobb, never made an all-star game in his career. Comes to the Giants, second season, all-star. Um, Kevin Gosman was terrible for his whole entire career. Comes to the Giants, pitches great, goes to the Blue Jays, Cy Young candidate. Um, even Sean Manaya, who had a bad season with the Padres, didn't have a great start of season with the Giants, comes to the Giants, middle of the season to the end, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Hell, I mean, Drew Smiley, same thing. These, so they take these guys that aren't that, at other stops haven't been as good, put them in their ballpark, they become really good. Then they leave to sign big time deals. Then guess what happens? They go back to not being good, except for Kevin Gosman, who's like one of the best pitchers in baseball, which is the guy the Giants fucking missed on goddamn signing. But you know that's that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, Irwin makes a good point. He does walk a shit ton of batters. That's not good. But with the Giants at their stadium, and if he's a, if you're a fly a fly ball pitcher in San Francisco, you're you're perfect for them. Because you just can't hit home runs at that stadium, so that's why for yeah. Blake Snell, he's the number one target for me. If they don't get Yamamoto, um, then I think I think Matt Chapman's going to sign there no matter what, um, and he's just one of the best defensive players in the history of baseball. He is incredible at third base. Um, he can play short too a little bit if you need, uh, but they have. He's kind of like Casey Schmidt in the way, but a more established, better player than Casey Schmidt at the moment. Who might be trade bait, um, which gets to my trade targets. If Casey Schmidt's trade bait, hey, Cor- Cor- Corbin Burns, um, the pitcher for the Brewers who went to St. Mary's High, St. Mary's College, uh, he's more. I doubt they're going to trade him. He's more of a twenty of a free agent target next season. But if they do trade him, the Giants could be all over him because he's a superstar, really good. 
put them in the line. Put them if let's say they get Blake Snell, or let's say like they don't get Yamamoto. Here's what I would do: Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, get the best starter on the market, best defender. Have a, you already got the best center fielder defender on your team already. Get Corbin Burns. Go of Corbin Burns, Blake Snell, Logan Webb, Kyle Harrison, and Alex Cobb when he gets back. Just go, because you're not going to get hitters unless you trade for him. Get defense and pitching. You have the best pitching staff, best defense. Maybe sign Josh Hader to go of Camilo DeVall, have the best bullpen. Try to win that way. Um, but if they do trade for a bat, another guy is Randy Rosarena from the Tampa Bay Rays, who is an elite, flamboyant talent who is must-watch. If you saw in the WBC... He played for Mexico, from Cuba, but he when he came to become a free agent in the, so he goes to, he lit, born in Cuba, defects to Mexico, lives there for like a year or two, comes to America to get signed, becomes a, Mexi- a citizen of Mexico, becomes on the WBC, was the best player there, and in the playoffs he's one of the best performers of all time, 11 home runs, 17 RBIs in his playoff career, and batting like 380. Um, and he's really good because the Giants, as I said, you can't sign free agent hitters well. You have to trade for them. But pitchers in defense, you can sign. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, on a baseball talk, I love it. It's been a minute since we, you've really got into it, right? I mean, um, with the Giants having somewhat of a poor season. Not worse than the Padres. The Padres were awful this year. No. Uh, and plus, baseball is a sport right? I know the best. And uh, John Ho Lee, uh, like you mentioned. And then, yeah, now we're just waiting, right? I would really like, I've been saying it ever since, uh, like Snell asked me that guy. And we've already, you know, established that Matt Chapman being with Blake Melvin with the Open A's. Uh, uh, you, you, you got to get him going. And uh, just a little chat here. Sorry on Twitch. Uh, Azteca Ale, Club America going to the finals game right now. Thoughts? Uh, good for them. Absolutely. Jake, thoughts on that? Uh, it was Club America, you know. Been a kind of a down year, couple years. And I haven't been the best. Like at, They haven't been at their peak for the past couple of seasons. But, I mean, this year they've just been really good. Um, Club America uh, playing Tigres UANL, or the hell that means, tonight at 7. Um, you know, um, who the hell, uh, yeah, I don't know too much about them. They played Estadio Azteca, which is a great stadium for the Niners. A lot of history there, a lot of championships. Being led by their manager, Andre Jardine, uh, their chairman, Emilio Azcaraga Jean. Uh, you know, they're just playing really good soccer this season. Um, but, you know, one of their best players is um, from America, uh, Alejandro Zendejas, a really good young player for them who is 25 years old from, you know, Mexico. 5'6", oh, Reaver, your height, how about that? Uh, 21 goals, similar appearance for Club America, and he plays for the United States um, soccer team. So, yeah, Club America, you know, they have a good season. For the great analysis there, Jake. Well, let's uh, move on. Enough with the baseball talk. Let's talk about uh, the Golden State Warriors. Oh, uh, fun. been in the gutter uh, most recently. Uh, they do indeed uh, play tonight. I think at 7 they play the Clippers, LA Clippers, again. Um, but 
Tuesday, they played the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they lost 119 to 116. Mm-hmm. And it's just not looking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're currently at limit right now. The standings in the Western Conference, they're 10 and 13. They're on a two game losing streak. And we've yet again get another Draymond suspension. He had just gone back from his uh, five game uh, for choking Rudy Gobert, and now he's now suspended indefinitely for spinning back fist. Mm. Back fist. Pause. True. He's a nurturing. Yeah. Is this, is this it for Draymond? Um, no, it's not because he's gonna be. They just signed him a four-year deal. Unless they trade him, they, you can't cut him. This isn't like football where you can like. It's, much, it's guaranteed money, basically. I I think three years is the fourth year isn't, but seventy-five million dollars is guaranteed. That's good for the program. Forty-eight nothing uh, Raiders here it's in the third. Forty-eight nothing. Yep. Um, Raiders Chargers. This is ridiculous, and there's ten minutes left in the third quarter still. Yeah, my God! Yeah. But yeah, b- back to the Warriors. I'm I'm about done with basketball. It just doesn't catch my attention anymore. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just I just don't like it. I don't know why. I'm not sure if it's because the Warriors are awful, or I'm just not watching enough. I'm more focused on uh, football, hockey, and you know baseball free agency. But basketball to me is just it's whatever. Like my care, my give a shit level about basketball is at an all time low, and I'm not talking the band. Um, but well, I mean, I mean, I will say, I mean, aside from the Warriors, I'm not watching any basketball game. No, absolutely. I'd rather watch um, D two football and watch uh, any other team aside from the Warriors. Right when I get the chance to here in San Diego, uh, when we get the games. But yeah, I just I agree. I I could really care less. I mean, I'll watch the highlights on Twitter. I'll see what's on Instagram. But for the most part, if it's not Warriors, I could. I don't care, you know, and I just don't know. I don't. I don't know why. Uh, I probably piques my interest here and there on what's going on, but just the league itself is just uh, it's falling down. And aside from the Warriors, and I think they're pretty close to blowing it up here pretty soon. I mean, they're ten and thirteen. I mean, there's a lot of games left, right? With eighty-two games uh, to go and see how that goes, but two-year. Is it three years removed from a championship? Two years removed from a championship? Um, and best, it's just not looking great so far being 10-13. No, their second-best player this year has been Brandon Brandon Pajemski. Um, and he's been he's been really good. It's just that Clay Thompson's a show of himself. Draymond just you know, has the maturity level of a two-year-old and just can't get out of trouble. Um, he's going to be gone probably 20 to 25 games. We probably won't see him until February. And at that point, if they're what, like, let's say they go nine and sixteen, well, they're nineteen twenty nine. Then do you just blow it up, trade everyone? Do you trade Wiggins? Do you trade Clay? Do you trade Draymond? Do you trade, you know, Chris Paul? Do you trade Sarich? Do you trade, you know, a bunch of players? Or I don't know what you would do. It's just they have to. They uh, yeah, have, it's it's tough to say because right? I mean you have they have to figure it out. The best. They, they have Steph Curry on their team, right? When you have Steph Curry on your team, you, you have a chance no matter what. And it's tough to say, but, I mean, Spencer or Swift said it best. 
the other day, it's, 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 I'm just trying to, just trying to find it right now. Give me a second. It's like, they've been great for 10 years. I can handle 10 years of shit for the rebuild or something. Yeah, exactly. They were good for 10 years. Give me 10 bad years and get back to the top. I mean, I, I couldn't, it's, it's so tough when Steph is still so good and to be able to do what he can with this team. But with the guys around him, like I already, I agree. Clay is just not playing. It's not 2016 anymore, unfortunately. Um, even when he came back last year or uh, two years ago, we, we, we don't see games as Clay anymore. It's 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 sad. And with Draymond too, uh, has his moments still, which is great. But when you're gonna get punked by Anthony Edwards time and time again after talking shit to him, it's just not a great look, you know. LeBron James to the Warriors next year. I don't know about that Azteca Aleja, but we'll see. But yeah, I mean, they're they're not great. Um, they don't have. It's just I don't know what else to say. I mean, no, oh, it's over. It's 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 uh it might be over. Uh, which really sucks. I mean, really sucks for Steph. Uh, I mean, you, you would think they do their best to uh, help him and figure it out, but they're just uh. Uh, the ties to not let guys go, it, it, it's 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 got to break, and I think it's time to break now. Yeah, which means I'll I mean, play. You know, which you know, oh, the Chargers, yeah. the Chargers finally scored. Josh Palmer's touchdown. Uh, but now it is the forty nine to uh, six. But I mean, aside from that, I mean, but here's my thing you, in you baseball, in in. In baseball, here's what here's what teams do: have a bad contract, you attach a prospect to get rid of them, maybe take some money back. But you can't do that in the NBA. You can't take money back. It's like, let's say for as I was talking about, which Alejandro Azteca LA missed. When I was talking about Mexican legend Randy Rosarena. Let's say like the Rays are terrible; they have a Rosarena. They tra- you would trade him to get prospects back. In NBA, when you have Steph Curry, if this was MLB, Curry would be on the trade market and probably would leave if they're really bad. But since the NBA, one player can make a huge difference, you keep Curry and try to build around him with, you know, Kaminga, Pajemski, Moody, Saric. But then you have to find those other stars to play with that can help you win games. Um, But yeah, it's just a tough situation for them. so yeah, it's like, like for example, Mike Trout. Mike Trout has a huge contract. If the Angels wanted to trade him, they would have to eat a bunch of that contract to get something back at least, get like a prospect or something. But you're, you get you're trading you're trading him to get rid of the contract. If the Warriors have to trade Draymond Green, they have to attach someone to that. Now, would you trade Draymond Green Pajemski to get, you know? A second round pick? No. So with Draymond, you can't cut him. So it's like it's just a terrible situation for both teams, for uh, for the Warriors. But you know, whatever. Um, yeah, basketball is just it's just eh. doesn't catch my attention anymore. Yeah. Because the Warriors have won four championships, like I don't really give a shit anymore. But it's like it's whatever now. That's a good phrase me time. Yeah, we'll see you there, Alejandro. Uh, 
Curry better be a left hand warrior or warrior's booty. Uh, I agree. My cock has a nice contract too. Um, we mentioned this. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has been getting benched. Did we mention that already, Jake? We did not, but we can mention it quickly. Yeah, so go ahead and mention it. Yep, so Andrew Wiggins got benched tonight because he does not give a shit. Um, so he can go too. Uh, he should get ready to learn Canadian, buddy. I mean, get ready to learn Chinese, buddy, because Ni Hao, my name is Andrew Wiggins. Um, just no effort oh from God, him. Please, God, no, effort from, no effort from him. No give a shit level. It's just, it's a pretty pitiful watch. He should be embarrassed. Um, but in his place is Brandon Pajemski, who gives a shit. And is the sec Warriors' second best player. And what a great draft for Mike Dunleavy Jr. And this is the time where they, if he trades Draymond and Clay, no one's going to be pissed at him. Because they all suck now. And they say, like, wow, actually, his first draft was incredible. So if we train for draft picks, we have a guy who actually knows how to make good decisions draft-wise, unlike Bob Myers at some points. Um, so I've been really impressed with Mike Dunleavy. He basically said today, hey, you have 20 games. Figure it out or get figure it out or get shipped out, basically, the Wiggins and Clay. And I think that if it goes bad in the next 20 games, those two guys could be traded. And I would not be mad because we see how bad they are right now. Yeah, and we see how bad they are. I, I mean, it, it'll, it, it's going to be a sad day for Clay to go, but if you can't help the team win, I mean, what's the point of being on the team? You yeah. know, it's, it's time for you to go. You hate to see it. Uh, and Wiggins, too. I mean, with a guy who's helped us win a championship, it's you, you hate to see guys. Uh, he got the money and stopped. He got the money and stopped, basically. You, you know, you slowly deteriorate in front of your eyes. You hate to see it. Um, let's move on. Uh, we can quickly. It's not for football. That's all I gotta say. Uh, let's quickly uh, recap. Forty Nine ers Seahawks. Uh, the Niners won twenty eight to sixteen, and a. Or I thought was going after the first play. I thought it was gonna be an absolute blowout. Uh, yep, me too. Niners still look for all. First play of the game, CMC takes it 72 yards and almost scores uh, on the first play of the game. Uh, I was pretty fucking excited with that. Now, but that was insane. He ended with 145 rushing yards, but only one catch. Uh, no touchdowns for this game for uh, McCaffrey. Uh, let me go ahead and, and uh, read some stats. Um, we're going to see Vintage Depot uh, this game. Uh, we've said that multiple times this year, and and you know you'll have to see it uh, coming out of Debo, especially going into Week 15. It's almost playoff time. But the the Niners are the first team in the NFL uh, to clinch a, a playoff spot, and now the first seed in the NFC, uh, jumping the Eagles. Um, so, no, it's it's a they're in a good spot right now. So uh, with Debo, like again, seven catches on 149 yards, a uh, one touchdown, uh, took one to the house 54 yards away. I mean, then you have uh, Ayuk. And Purdy, their connection is real. I mean, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, six catches on nine targets, 126 yards. That's not a long of 45. Uh, he's that guy. And for everyone who says Brock Purdy can't throw downfield, go fuck yourself. <coughs> uh, uh, Kittle uh, had a touchdown, three catches for 76 yards. Uh, for the most part, aside from that, Purdy played 
a pretty good game besides his interception that he did through. He did he, uh, he did throw an interception, two touchdowns though. Uh, it's it's becoming an occurrence. Uh, Brock Purdy throwing for three hundred plus yards over and over and over again. He had three hundred and sixty eight yards. Uh, he was uh, nineteen completions on twenty seven attempts. Again, was only sacked uh, three times, and. Christian McCaffrey might have not scored a touchdown, but our favorite running back on the team, aside from Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Mason, scored a touchdown, so you love to see that after that a big run from CMC. Um, Fred Warner, all pro Fred. Another interception, eight total tackles. What are your thoughts on what he did to DK Metcalf? Um, yeah, DK Metcalf is just... He's kind of like, I don't know what his deal is. He gets in, he gets a lot. He gets in like bad penalties a lot because he can't control his emotions. Well, let's preface this. Let's preface this. Uh, Metcalf, Metcalf had like, yeah. Let me see here. All in the first two catches, fifty-two yards, and a touchdown. The next three quarters, zero, 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 all across the board. Would you be frustrated as well if you were DK Metcalf? I mean, yeah, he got sunned by Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore. I'd be pissed. And they lost four straight games, and his quarterbacks are just not looking for him. I understand his frustration. It's just like you have to just control yourself a little bit better, though. Yeah. I mean, I understand, yeah. I mean, can't get it, but can't let it get the best to you. I totally butchered that, but it happened to DK Metcalf, and it also happened to Lenore. They were both thrown out of the game, but uh, you can see where this team is at. They're not afraid, um, which is you'll just see uh, making another playoff appearance uh, yet again, and we're going to try and keep that one seed here uh, with a couple of games to go. Um, looking at the schedule, uh, they have the Cardinals uh, this week, who they already played earlier in the season, and they won that game 35-16. to 16. Uh, For the rest of the year, after the Cardinal game, they have, uh, at home, the Ravens. Away at the Commanders, and at the end of the season, Week 18, they have, back at home, uh, versus the Rams. Four and the last four games. The toughest game is the Ravens by far. This game is going to be tough too because they have a lot of people that might not play on defense, but their offense is just so good that they should win. But the Ravens game might be a Super Bowl preview. Yeah, it's the biggest game in this stretch. Aside from that, everything else is is should be a cupcake. I hate that I say that, but um, I agree. This next game, I mean, Drake Greenlaw no practice today. Eric Armstead, no practice. Uh, Javon Hargrave, no practice. So guys like that who are, you know, pivotal on the defense uh, aren't playing. That's kind of tough, especially with the four games left in the year. Uh, but with the offense being, like you said, I 100% agree with you guys with uh, our offense being what it is now. Uh, should be able to get it done. And just guys can be able to step up, right? I mean, we have that rookies in the back end. Uh, Brown in the secondary. Uh, other guys... Young guys just be able to step it up in the secondary, and Devil Betterman who usually play special teams, uh, who are going to be in that role as starters uh, come Sunday. Is going to be able to get it done. 
Uh, yeah, with the uh, with the Cardinals, I mean, Kellen Murray's back. The first game he played with, uh, with the Cardinals, they didn't. Uh, he was, you know, still recovering from an ACL injury. Uh, he will be back uh, for this game. Uh, in Arizona, uh, currently, uh, the Cardinals are three and ten. Uh, they're zero and four in the division. They are coming off a win. Against the Steelers, uh, suck. That was with thirteen. They're on a. They were on a bye week fourteen. They won that game twenty four to ten in a game that was just repetitively delayed over and over and over again to get that dub out of there. Um, only have one uh, point here for this game is your score more points. Would you agree? Yeah, the Niners score more points than the opponent. They're ten and zero. When they don't, they're 0-3. So, yeah, they score more points. They have a good chance of winning this game. Um, but, yeah, they should win this game. It may be closer than what the people think, but I think they should win. Absolutely. Well, enough of that. Let's go ahead and recap our Week 14 picks. Uh, obviously, Jake and I both took the Niners against the Seahawks. Uh, Thursday night, uh, Patriots versus Steelers. The Patriots uh, get that win uh, against the Steelers. A Sunday Night Football, Eagles versus Cowboys. Uh, been a pretty not great game at all for the Eagles. Cowboys win that game. A Monday Night Packers versus Giants. Uh, Howard DeVito. He's pretty good. He's better than Daniel Jones. Uh, I'm saying it now. Against the Packers. Uh, they are so similar in play style. It's ridiculous. And he's $40 million uh, cheaper. DeVito. Uh, Oh, yeah, uh, the other Monday night game, uh, Titans versus Dolphins, in a game where the Dolphins were up two touchdowns with two minutes and like 30 seconds, 30 something seconds left. The Titans come back uh, and win that game. Uh, lock of the week, mine was Texans over Jets. I lost that. Uh, crazy to see. Uh, pick, Ravens over Rams, great pick. And upset of the week, I took the Broncos over the Chargers because uh, Chargers suck. You can see by the game that's happening right now that they're all yeah they're and then jake uh took the bears over the lions uh i went two and five this week while jake went four and three and we'll talk about updated records uh after this jake why don't you take it here take it from here Shit. um yeah so week 15 nfl picks um niners versus the cardinals we're both taking the niners in this one because that's what we do there's a night football. We did this before the game, so Raiders versus Chargers, both taking the Raiders. That's going to be a dub for us. Uh, and then Sunday night football, you got Jags versus Ravens. To go a little different than you, I'm taking the Jags. I need Trevor Lawrence to have a big game because this is week two of the first round of my fantasy playoffs. And I'm up by... ...31.18 points. Um... So I need him to play well because I almost, yeah, I mean, need him to play well. So I'm picking the Jaguars to win that one. Uh, who are you picking? Uh, I'm picking the Ravens uh, Sunday Night Football. I think uh, Ravens are one of the better teams, uh, one in the AFC. They might be the best team in the AFC. Um, and, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the Jags, I mean, I couldn't believe that uh, Trevor Lawrence actually played uh, last week. I think he'll still have a good game, but the Ravens are just better than the Jags. Yep. Moving on to Monday Night Football, Eagles versus Seahawks. We're both taking the Eagles in that one, um, although we would like the Seahawks to win, um, but we're taking the Eagles in that one. Lock of the week, I got the Chiefs over the Pats. Um, who do you have? 
I'm taking Dolphins over Jets in this game. Yeah, that's a good pick there. Um, Zach Wilson, 300 yards passing last week. Best game as a pro. Yes. Uh, good for him. I think it'll be a I – mean, it's my lock. I think it'll be a lot closer concerning all the, the injuries with the Dolphins. True. Uh, on the offensive line, I will see if Tyreek plays. I really hope he does. Um, but, yes. Yeah, well, back to the Niners, I don't think we mentioned this. They win this week. They're division champions. That's pretty cool there. Uh, yes. Back to our picks now. Upset of the week. I got the Bills over Dallas. I think the Bills are playing the best fo- their best football right now, and I think they're going to beat the Cowboys in da- in uh, Buffalo, and Josh Allen's going to have a big game against that Dallas defense. And I really like this pick. I will say the only reason why I didn't pick it uh... – Against, I pick with the spread, and the Bills are favorite, but I don't know how. Cowboys um, mm. are good. They're ten and three. Right? Bills are seven and six. Bills coming up to win against the Chiefs. Um, but I, I like this. If you look at it in a way with record, uh, I got home like we said. I think against this Cowboys defense, uh, is it going to be snowing? Forty-six degrees, light rain, wind at ten miles an hour. Uh, in Orchard Park, uh, I like the pick a lot. That might be uh, game of the week, possibly. Um, shall see. Yeah, I will. Shall see. I got Bucks over Packers. Um, Jordan Love. They're six and seventh. Um, they're the favorites here somehow. I like uh, the Bucks against them. I like Baker Mayfield. I like. Uh, okay, but he didn't have a great game last week. I think he has a. A bounce back, a big bounce back game against the Packers this week. Yeah. Shit versus shit in that game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the picks on the season. Uh, James is forty nine forty three. I'm fifty seven thirty five. Have, having a little bit of a lead here. Um, if we do take into account the game right now, I'm fifty eight and thirty five. James is fifty and forty three. Uh, so it's still an eight game lead for me. Um, but we'll see what happens after this week, and that's your Week 15 NFL Pick'em. There you go. Love to see it. Uh, so last thing, last segment, favorite segment of the week to do, only segment as of right now that we do. Yep. And well, there's two. Get this man a seltzer, right, to preface this. Um, fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. And for me, uh, we talked about him before already, uh, Debo Samuel uh, having a hell of a game once again against the Seahawks in a game where he scores 34 fantasy points. And like I mentioned before, had himself a day. I mean, let's go over it again. Seven catches, 149 yards, and a touchdown. And he had one rush or one yard hmm. for a touchdown. Uh, what a guy! Absolutely get this much seltzer. Anytime I see Debo, Debo, if I see you ever, I got you on a seltzer, my guy. Yep. For my get this man a seltzer, it's gonna be the legend himself, Joe Flacco. Um, against the Jaguars, he had 311 yards passing for three touchdowns and one interception, with 22.34 points, um, and he had four rushes for a negative one yards. Uh, so my get this man a seltzer is Joe Flacco. Who's leading the eight and five Browns into the playoffs? Moving on Joe now. Joe Flacco to, elite, huh? Joe Flacco elite. 
Yeah, I mean, he's playing elite. Um, but yeah, so that's your this man of Seltzer. Moving on to go ready to learn Canadian, buddy. Uh, for me, that is going to be Jordan Love. Uh, Jordan Love had 8.92 points, and about half of them came in the fourth quarter on a touchdown pass. Uh, but just a bad week for him. The one week I start him, um, well, shit. I mean, I kind of have two. Get, I have. To, I kind of have two nominees this week. Jordan Love, and you know the one I'm going to say now. Bitch ass Nico Collins. That mf when I don't start him, goes off. When I start him, he gets injured and had 2.3 points. So uh, get ready to learn Canadian, buddy, for those two guys. Nico Collins might be a three-time winner. Two in one day. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, my get ready to learn Canadian, buddy, is Josh Dobbs. Uh, mm-hmm. God, the highest of highs for Josh Dobbs in the season. Now he's the lowest of the lows. Uh, he is now the third uh, quarterback on that roster. Nick Mullins takes his spot as a starting quarterback, and Jaron Hall is now the backup. Uh, he was sacked five times in a game that, I mean, to his credit, he'll get the he'll get the uh, the win because he was the starter for this game. Uh, sacked five times, four point six fancy yard uh, fancy points. Jesus, uh, and for twenty three for sixty three yards. Josh Dobbs uh, in a year where. Again, highs to the highs, down to the lows to the lows. Uh, you hate to see it, but man, get get raised learn Canadian, man. Feels bad. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to add, really. True. True. Uh, absolutely. Anything else to add to that episode, Jake? Um, no. Um, why do I hear myself? The hell? Never mind. Um, yeah, I mean... Oh, another thing on Jung Ho Lee, his nickname, Grandson of the Wind. How about that? Thank you for listening to the BA Podcast, your co-host, James. With Jake. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Bay Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Bay underscore Podcast One. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on SoundCloud and on Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe to us on the podcast app. Yeah, make sure to subscribe, like, share, rate, review, unsubscribe, three, unsubscribe, resubscribe. About fifty times you gain the system. Let's try to learn from the industry of the past six years. Let's get to talk podcast worldwide. We want to talk to podcast sports and recreation. As you know, we shoot for the stars of the Bay Podcast. And talk to the podcast worldwide. Do that. We'll give high five. That's the end of the episode. James? Shut Bye. Bye.